You're listening to the best breakfast show in the land. We are talking about self-harming and on the line, we've got Dr. Alicia Potter, board member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. Good morning, doctor. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Bongani. It's really good to be here. Doctor, is, is there any way to explain why you think people would generally self-harm? Yes, there is. so when we talk about um, self-harm, this is the when you know children or adolescents will intentionally hurt themselves. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is got to do with where they are developmentally. Um, children and adolescents struggle to express their emotions. Yeah. And so what we find is that they then um, act out or it then shows in their behaviors, and self-harm is then one of these kinds of ways that they may be communicating distress. Uh, so a, a lot of people who don't understand it generally will either say the person is attention-seeking or the person has failed at committing suicide, like they were trying to kill themselves and they didn't do it. You know, that's why we found them. Is that true? Are other people that are self-harming looking for attention or are they trying to commit suicide and obviously don't have the courage to, to, to take their own life? So I think that we, that's where, you know, I think the, the difficulty comes in because that's, you know, what is the thought or the stigma around self-harm. Yeah. But, you know, firstly, with self-harm, it's not always, um, and with, particularly with adolescents, it's not always that they want to commit suicide mm. um, because you can get what we call non-suicidal self-injury. So the intent was not that they want to commit suicide. The intent was that they needed to relieve some um, inattention. It was a way of relieving some distress or mood symptoms or relieving anxiety symptoms or even just wanting to feel something because they're struggling with their emotions. With regards to the idea that it is attention-seeking, you know, the way I kind of think about it is that if somebody has to harm themselves to get attention, that in itself is a cause for concern because that means that they're not able to regulate themselves or there's something, um, you know, that is a bigger problem than just looking for attention. That is a what we would call a maladaptive way or a problematic way of dealing with how you're feeling. So even if that was so, it's not okay. Mm. Doctor, let's talk about the signs. As a parent to a teenager, what are some of the signs I need to look out for? I mean, with self-harm, it's very, um, you know, it's physical. So you would then see, so firstly, usually with Adolescents, they want to conceal. So, you know, I would red flag a child who wants to wear long clothing um, on a very hot day mm-hmm. or they don't want to participate in sport or, you know, a big one for girls is um, swimming. So they start avoiding these activities. Um, they may begin to isolate, but also you might actually see visible scars either on their wrists and oftentimes on their thighs and places where, you know, things are not seen. So you might see scars or you might even see, um, you know, burn marks or bite marks or, um, you know, scars from cutting. So oftentimes it's quite evident 
Um, but also sometimes we need to look for those behaviors that are attempting to conceal um, the self-harm. Doctor, we just had Anonymous call us now um, and she is 38 years old and she's self-harming because of the traumas that she faced as a child and she's still um, unable to deal with those those issues. And then she's got a 15-year-old son who's also currently self-harming. How do you assist such a household that's going through through that? I I think that those um, members of the, the household or your anonymous caller definitely would need to go and seek help um, because I think they would need an assessment to see if there's any underlying you know, mental health problems like anxiety, depression, um, and they may benefit from counselling. You know, with self-harm, we don't always necessarily need medication, but we may need to learn how to um, be able to regulate our emotions using certain skills that we can actually then be be taught. So, you know, if there is self-harm and it's now being perpetuated within the family, I definitely think that a assessment and to seek help is very important. Speaking of an assessment, so I'm listening to you right now. We've literally got a minute before we have to go to news. And I know that my daughter maybe is cutting themselves or my son is cutting themselves. Do I approach them and ask them about it first or do I seek help and bring a professional so we can confront the the, the child together? Because I can't imagine that this being Mm. easy to speak to your child because you yourself as a parent are scared of what they are going to tell you when you ask them. So I think it is important actually to have these conversations and also establish what is the purpose of the self-harm. You say oftentimes there's a lot of, um, you know, helplessness and there's a lot of drama around um, the self-harm and everybody's panicking, Mm. not drama, sorry, more panic. And so, you know, we don't then get to establish what is the, you know, the purpose of the self-harm. Obviously, it then becomes a lot more serious if there's an intent and the purpose is um, the suicidal intent that makes it a lot more um, serious. But at the same time, if it's because there's distress or there's an underlying depression or anxiety or moods that, you know, are very overwhelming, I think it's important to sit down and have a conversation. So I think a lot of the time it's the fear and the lack of knowledge. And so we think if we talk about it, we're encouraging it or we are encouraging suicide. But, you know, self-harm doesn't always equal suicide and I think that's where the panic comes in so it's about sitting down and asking and trying to establish what is the purpose and what's really happening and oftentimes you may be able to then see where do we begin to get help before kind of just um taking them off to to see a a professional. Sometimes adolescents particularly appreciate being spoken to rather than just... You calling somebody else to try and navigate through the conversation. To try to navigate through the conversation, but also where they are from a developmental point of view. You know, it's a lot better if you approach them first, but it needs to be in a very calm way to try to establish first. That's the first most important thing is to establish the purpose of this what is happening that you know results in this 
um, behavior or gets you to a point where this is the way you you want to cope because it can be a coping it can be a coping mechanism Doctor, you know, so it's very different for for adolescents um as it as opposed to, to, to adults. adults but if there's one message i can just put out there is that self-harm does not necessarily equal suicide it does need to be established in terms of what the purpose of that self-harm is that's Dr. Alicia Porter, uh, board member of the South African uh, Society of Psychiatrists. Doctor, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Thank you, Bongani, for having me. Hashtag the takeoff at Radio 2000 ZA on all social media platforms. Be part of an award-winning team.